You're listening to the Built Shaves Podcast, presented by Midco Sports. Now's the best time to sign up for Midco Sports Plus, your streaming destination for University of North Dakota football, basketball, volleyball, soccer, softball, and more. Midco Sports Plus is also the new home of the Summit League Network, giving you access to UND's conference games, both home and away, so you won't miss a minute of the action that matters most this season. Sign up today at midcoastsportsplus.com. This is how we do sports, and this is the Build Shaves Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Build Shaves Podcast. It is the 24th of October, a beautiful Tuesday morning. Alongside Bill Shaves, I'm Alex Heinert. Bill, how does this morning find you? Great day in Grand Forks. Uh, forecast looks like there could be some snow coming our way. So, uh, yeah. you know, we kind of, we, we've we done okay this fall though, Alex. The uh, we When we were talking <laughs> on Sunday, when you were doing the game, the soccer game, soccer season was outstanding this year as far as the weather. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. What a change from... Last year, when we had blankets and winter coats by early October, different story this year, uh, even if it's going to change now. But again, we had a good run, right? Well, it's not just you and I. We're proud to welcome Mindy K. Larson, the Deputy Commissioner of the Summit League to the program. Mindy K., thanks so much for being with us. Oh, thank you for asking me. This is exciting. We'll see how excited you are in about 15 <laughs> or 20 minutes or so, but we're, we, we are happy to have you here for sure. And I, I know uh, it's busy, busy time uh, this time of year. You're kind of in crossover right now, right? Starting with championship season. So uh, what cross country is happening this weekend and you're getting ready for uh, soccer and then, uh, then volleyball be uh, happening here shortly. Yeah, exactly. Cross country and the first rounds of soccer are coming up this weekend and then we go into men's soccer and volleyball, and then we're in the heart of basketball season. So we are rolling for sure. Just because we're talking about championships. Now, the Summit League puts on, I believe, 17 different championships over the nine different sports. And that goes to various member institutions. They rotate, of course, every year. There's a lot that goes into that. Talk a bit about what the logistics are behind putting on all of these championships events over the course of the season, Mindy Kay? Um, well, we meet weekly on championships, even through the summer, uh, because there's logistics we have to think about, and then there's improvements we want to work on. And I mean, really, the fascinating thing <laughs> is you can't believe the amount of shipping <laughs> and organization that we have to do <laughs> to get signs and stencils and and when the championships fall on top of each other, I think we're um, UPS's worst nightmare. But uh, there's a lot of those things that people don't understand that that we have to think about and have to be on top of so that we make sure we're giving the best experience possible to our student athletes. Well, Mindy Kay, I'm going to consider you the architect to probably the uh, the best mid-major basketball tournament in the country. And uh, uh, it's just uh, from your time in the Summit League, and I think uh, pre-pod we were talking about you started in 2006 with the Summit League. Uh, just talk about the growth of the basketball tournament, because if folks haven't been there, it is an outstanding, outstanding tournament. Yeah. So my first um, two years in the league were the last two years that the Summit League was in Tulsa, finishing up their their bid there. And then we moved over to Sioux Falls. And um, even when we played in the old arena, um, it was like it was like 
Hoosiers, just the rafters were shaking the old building. And it was something that like, as a mid-major, you don't experience very often. So it's just been so thrilling to take that energy, move into a new building and try to continue to capitalize on um, the fan experience, the student athlete experience, and just give something to our student athletes and coaches that not every mid-major can do right now. Well, you talked about, uh, you know, the championships and uh, you can brag on uh, Ryan Powell a little bit and Josh Fenton's uh, vision for media day. But I thought the media day uh, a week and a half or two weeks ago was outstanding as well. Good, because we really tried to fashion that in a power five kind of way where we threw out the traditional stand behind a podium and let media ask questions and set up stations all around the premier center, put the court down, had some ambiance and just really tried to make our student athletes and coaches feel like the center of the universe and give them an opportunity to show off and hype their program. So I think it, I think it was successful and I think it was successful on both ends where coaches and student athletes felt the attention we wanted them to feel. And, and the media got some great stories and some great content moving into the basketball season. It was fun to watch other media days after that and, and seeing like the West Coast Conference and seeing some, some of the other, you know, yeah. some, of the, some of the big players in college basketball. And they didn't have half of what the Summer League had provided. It was very cool to see this conference get elevated because of that coverage. Yeah, I think there's there's definitely a vision where uh, basketball can do some things for us nationally that we really need to try to capitalize on and um, kicking off the season that way. Uh, and giving the media a sneak peek of what's to come. And really what was exciting for me was including the student athletes, because this is the first time that we've done that. And they just bring some human interest and some stories that really make you feel like this is why we do it. This is why we're here. And I'm glad they got to be, you know, media superstars for a couple of days. Yeah. And I think you all made a really good um, decision in in talking through the fact that we probably didn't need to have meetings around that as well. I mean, it, let that be a standalone event and, and let the focus be on the coaches and, and our student athletes. Yeah, for sure. I think that's what that whole day was supposed to be about was just getting everybody excited for the basketball tournament and basketball season leading into the tournament, but also just giving our coaches and student athletes some attention and, and spotlighting them, making them feel, you know, important and, and the impending season, getting everybody hyped up for it. So talk about um, one other thing I know you're intimately involved with um, is the, uh, Summit League Big Sky Challenge. And so, uh, you know, talk about that a little bit, go any direction you want to go. And then obviously with the departure of Western Illinois, you know, what has that done to the challenge to some degree and what does it look like moving forward? Yeah. So fortunately, uh, just because of maybe our history, <laughs> we were smart enough to put some clauses in the contract regarding if membership were to change over the course of the uh, challenge. So there are some provisions in there where the Big Sky will get to choose which teams uh, get the single game versus the double game. So they'll be able to come forward and, and do that because they're the ones that are some that are disadvantaged because we've gone down a member. So it's still going to go forward. We're still going to make it work. And um, we're working on solidifying the dates for the next two years so we can get those out and coaches can schedule around that. And then 
really when it amps up is as soon as the season ends and we start crunching the net numbers and looking at matchups and and seeing how teams transition out of the postseason and and start to put the matchups together. So that's when it gets really interesting. This is a really thoughtful thing on so many different levels. It's not just that you're trying to find an additional school that is kind of a, a peer institution to come to a, a member institution in the Summit League. You are trying to find teams that are evenly yoked, essentially, based on how they performed last year. Talk about all that goes into making those matchups, Mindy Kay. Yeah, so we want them to be competitive matchups. There's a couple goals coming out of this. Both teams in the Big Sky and the Summit League really have some challenges getting home games and getting quality home opponents. And we want these games to be competitive and exciting. And so what we're trying to do is really match like opponents. So you're not going to see the top team in the Summit League play the bottom team of the Big Sky. Like we're really trying to match match up the tiers. And so we've created cohorts of, of net rankings and um, regular season standings and, and all these kind of um stats dan satter at the big sky is the numbers guy so he provides the excel spreadsheets and then we go through them and kind of try to put things together but the goal is not only to get our team's home games but home games that will be exciting and that will be competitive but also like there should be a high confidence that that, that there's some winnable games in there for us and we have developed a logo and we're going to have a trophy and so hopefully the summit league comes away with that first year of the challenge trophy and those games will be january third and sixth this year yeah i thought the idea of doing it on one week made a whole lot of sense because at least you can really you know dial in that particular week that this is happening and hopefully it will become great content uh kind of in the sort of the middle of the season to some degree where uh, where a challenge is going on yeah and it's it's right before we really get into the heart of our league schedule so it's it's kind of a kickoff to that but then with them all occurring at the same time we can have a live scoreboard going um, it'll just kind of create that buzz around that one week. And so we thought that it would be more exciting to contain it rather than just to spread the games out wherever they fit into people's schedule. Uh, so hopefully we're doing something that will create some media attention as well as helping with the home games and, and some winnable games in there. Yeah, it's a fun thing. I think it's going to create some great buzz coming off of the New Year's. You know, Bill and I are huge soccer people. This is basically like a little mini cup, a little league yeah, cup, sure. a little FA cup sort of thing. The NBA, of course, is doing this this year as well with the in-season tournament. Why not, right? Get some excitement around the teams, as they, as you said, as they get into the most important games of the season. Yeah, I think that it's just... Um... I think it checks a lot of boxes. I think it helps our coaches with some scheduling challenges. I think it generates some fan interest. And then, like you said, like we all work in athletics and we're competitive. And when there's a trophy involved, we want to walk away with it. So it, it's checking a lot of boxes for us. And, and we're really looking forward to this first year and then building on it for the next couple. So last question from me, uh, I'm sure potentially Alex might have a follow-up or another question, but Talk about the Summit League Network and uh, and how you know that maybe has come about and uh, how it's starting um, for for us in the Summit League. Yeah, one of the things that really helped us is we finally got to a point where we have somewhat of a geographic commonality. Like we still have some outliers. But when we were so um, spread out, going from Louisiana to Utah 
it was really hard to put any kind of meaningful media deal together. The markets were so different. The fan interest was so different. And so we were essentially letting schools kind of drive their own um, media. And uh, what's been challenging a little bit is we've taken back the rights. We always own the rights to the conference games, but we've actually taken them back and trying to do something as a league. And I think it's just been so beneficial to come together. We now have a place where it's a one-stop shop for our fans. You go to one app and you can see everything as opposed to having to join everybody's individual apps and, and watch throughout the season. You can go to one place We've seen great uh, viewership so far. And I also think it's like, it's not just a basketball initiative. It's also like, it's getting our soccer games up there and our volleyball matches and our cross country championship will be streamed through there. So it's also like across the board, giving our student athletes some um, exposure that they haven't gotten in the, in the past and really looking at our media rights expanding beyond basketball. I, that's always going to be our crown jewel just because of those revenue um, opportunities with that particular sport. But it's given us a way to show all our student athletes, like we're going to get you out there and we're going to get you on on the platform and, and your parents and your fans are going to be able to watch you if they can't attend the games. And Alex, how's it gone from the Midco side of life? Yeah, we've been... I think thrilled to have this partnership. It's just been something that has been, I think, really well received, as Mindy Kay has said, from all of those boxes. When you think about from the institutions to the fans, to the family members of these kids, to from a media side, it's so nice to be able to go back and look up a game or two. Like I got to do University of North Dakota against Denver in women's soccer this weekend. I could go watch Denver's last match and catch up with what was going on. And the match before that or highlights that that just was not an option typically before. And now it's all in one place. I, I just think it's it's been a great thing. And again, it's only year one and, and things are going to get more streamlined and that coverage is going to get better as we go. But no, we're very fortunate for that partnership and very thankful that it's gone as smoothly as it has here in this first season. Well, and one thing, Alex, that I will say is that um, Midco has been such a loyal partner since we you know, entered the Sioux Falls stratosphere that when we were going through this process, we looked at so many different outlets and, and I'm really glad that we came back to, to Midco and that we've been able to show some loyalty to a partner that showed loyalty to us. And we always knew the product that you guys put out there. And it's it's exciting to see, you know, CBS jump on board with that. And so I'm, I'm glad it, it came out the way it did. And, and just going through that process shows what a high level Midco is producing things at. Thanks, Mindy Kay. We're, we're glad too. We're glad it worked out. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 and, and I think the winners are going to be the fans and our student athletes at the end For of the sure. day. Because really, it, like you said, it, you don't have to navigate everybody's potential paywall and all of those types of things. I mean, ultimately, it's one-stop shop and you can see all the games. It's awesome. Yeah. One last question for me, Mindy Kay. I know yeah. that you've been with the league now, as you said, for 17 years, and you've gotten to see a lot of iterations of not just the Summit League, but college athletics as a whole. As we wind down with the 2023 calendar year, what are some of the things that you feel are most important that the league and NCAA athletics are going to continue to address uh, as we go into 2024? I think listening to some of the feedback from our student athletes nationally, not just in the Summit League, about... Um, time demands and mental health and like really thinking about mental health, not just as a buzzword. I, I mean, it's popular right now, it's trending, but 
really knowing that the reason that is popular and trending is because there are some um, issues and some help that our student athletes would like. And then I just think understanding that the transfer portal and NIL is here to stay and we've got to learn, all of us old school people that have been around for 16, 17 years, we've got to learn how to adapt and adjust in a new landscape to be successful. And we don't know what college athletics is going to look like in in five years. So I think being flexible and and being open um, is going to be really important as we kind of navigate the future. Excellent. One of the tenets of this podcast is the great ones adjust. True. That's a great, great tagline. <laughs> That's a Bill Shaves. That's well, a Bill Shaves. I don't know about that. I, I think someone else gave it to me and I stole it. But at the end of the day, it, it is true. <laughs> we we have to be nimble through this whole thing and uh, and just be open. Just be open. You know what? Do the right things at your own institutions. And if you provide a great um, opportunity, um, you got to make it maybe potentially difficult for someone to want to think that they want to depart, you know, that particular situation, because as we all know, yeah, it, it might sound good on the other side. It may not be as good. Yeah. NIL is, is also not exclusively about money. Money is a huge part of it, but to Bill's point, experience is also a part of it. And so being able to provide unique experiences and opportunities that student athletes can brand themselves from your campus is, is important too. No doubt about it. Well, Mindy Kay, we really do appreciate all that you do for the conference. And like I said, uh, there's not probably something that goes by your desk that you haven't uh, had your fingerprints on as far as the conference is concerned. So we appreciate everything that you do. Oh, thank you. I appreciate all you do on your campus, Bill. Thanks. Appreciate it. This is a, this is a, this is fun, Alex. So much love on the pod today. <laughs> Shameless awesome. flattery is such a great tactic. Amen. Thanks again, Mindy K. Thank you guys. Have a good day. Thanks again to Mindy K. Larson, the deputy commissioner of the Summit League. Again, always great to chat with her. She's been such a force for good with this league now for almost two decades, going back even to her time as an, as a, a whole America student athlete at Southern Utah, outstanding basketball. I wanted to dig into the, the basketball weeds a bit, but there's so much to talk about with Mindy Kay. But it, again, great to have her on today for sure. Yeah, we probably, uh, who knows, maybe we have her on uh, at the beginning uh, of uh, the basketball tournament uh, when it, when it's getting uh, close to Sioux Falls again. And because uh, she's so instrumental in in putting that all together. And, uh, and she's just a wealth of knowledge. I mean, she's just, uh, you know, she's kind of seen a lot, right? She's seen the evolution of this league. League. Um, and so she's always someone that you can kind of lean on when you have a question, you know, and she can give you the perspective, you know, the historical perspective. And that means a lot when you're trying to make decisions in the current, you know, setting. Things can change, whatever that might mean, but it always is a good uh, reminder as to how we got there. That's right. That's why history is important, kids. Learn your history. <laughs> it matters. I, I correct, it, it, but 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 what's interesting about history is is depends on who's telling it, right? That's well said. Yes, yes. Uh, well, if Mindy Kay is telling it, it's probably an accurate representation of what's happened over the last twenty years. So I feel good about the source. I feel that situation. way. I feel the source is good. That's right. <laughs> Oh, well, we're going to take some time now and discuss what's going on around UND athletics, like we always do on this podcast. A lot of things happening with crossover season. Basketball begins next week. Fall sports are just winding down. 
let's dig in. I think probably a good place to start maybe is the, the big umbrella sport that is hockey that begins in October and runs through April because they had a huge weekend this last weekend with Minnesota in town. Unbelievable scenes at the Ralph, as you would expect with the Gophers coming. They were the top-ranked team in the country, North Dakota number 5. Both games really lived up to the hype. There were two excellent hockey games split evenly down the middle. What did you make of the weekend over at the RA this weekend, Bill? Yeah, so I, I thought so. Uh, of course, we chatted on Friday before I departed uh, to Des Moines on Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. So uh, I watched uh, hockey on Friday night and then was with football on uh, Saturday. But um, you know, it was able to watch the hockey game, though, uh, because football was kind of winding down. And so I was able to watch it on my phone, which is that's where we are in life at this point. In that's time. where we are. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought the same thing, Alex. I thought really high levels, fast games, right? Fast goalies are excellent. And, um, you know, I, I thought I thought the result for the weekend was fair. I, I, I think it was a split. I thought we did play a little bit better on Saturday night. I thought Minnesota played a little bit better on Friday night. And so they got the win and uh, um, both, both technically could have gone either way um, a goal here, a goal there, but uh, I don't know. It looked to me pretty two high level college hockey teams. That's what it looked like to me. Yeah. That's what's so fun about matchups like this at this point in the season. You're figuring yourselves out. You're figuring out where you are in terms of the landscape of okay, who, who the best teams are. It was a great litmus test. That uh, Yeah, I think both teams passed, really. I, I know North Dakota would have loved to have a better second and third period on Friday. But the other four periods of the weekend were really, really strong against a team that was, what, a minute and a half away from winning a national title last year and is going to be up amongst that group again this season, just as I think UND expects to be. So uh, from a fan perspective, outside of not having a lot of goals to cheer for on Friday, you had to have a, a great time on the weekends. I love that the REA brought back Tony Herkus to skate the lap before Saturday's game. Like one of the true legends of college hockey. Like some of the numbers that that guy put up in the 80s. 116 points, Bill, in a season. I know. 65 led the nation this last year. Like think about Now the the game's changed, but think about that. He doubled up the kid who won the Hobie this last year. Like it's incredible the stuff that that group did. Yeah, you know, that is interesting. Alex, you know, it's just different how uh, life has evolved. I think I think technology has a lot to do with it, for sure. Um, you know, teams just have tendencies on other teams and uh, where it was maybe even a, a little bit more, um, uh, oh, you just kind of went out and you scouted the team to some degree, but probably not to the level right now, right? The detail that that is put in uh, to it at this point, because you can go through every single power play opportunity. You can go through every single thing based on the technology that we have, but you're right. In the eighties, it was crazy. And he was right at the top of the food chain as far as uh, being, you know, just an amazing hockey player. And what's, what's cool is uh, just, uh, and, I, and of course I watched it, um, but it's it just, I don't know the pride that, that, that folks have coming back doing this. I think it's such a neat thing. And I appreciate everything that, you know, Jody, the uh, um, REA does and our staff to, to kind of make that happen. And of course, I think our fan base gets a big kick out of it as well. I think it's, it's, it's an awesome, awesome thing. Yeah. There's that great level of respect and understanding that I think this program does so well of recognizing the men that made this program what it is. And he was a huge part of that. You know, they won a national title in 87. 
with Tony. That was their fifth national championship. And we've seen members of that team come back. And from 82 to 80 to the teams in the 60s. And even more recently with Matt Green coming back last year. More of the more recent That's right. vintage greats. All six of the guys that have done the one more shift have said, it just made the hair on the back of my neck stand yeah. up. And I just can't get the smile off my face. Yeah. And it's that's a special, special thing. And you love, again, history, you love that connection to what made you what you are. And I think UND does that better than anybody. Yeah, so next uh, next semester we'll have James Patrick back and uh, that'll be awesome. I mean, just uh, how many guys, how many games he played in the NHL was just phenomenal. So uh, to have him back is just outstanding. So that'll be a lot of fun as well. But yeah, the, the weekend, I, I you're right. Like a lot of times, hey, maybe some things don't live up to the billing. That one lived up to the billing. And, and that's the reason why, you love college athletics. You love that th- this is on the schedule. I know um, I give Coach Motsko and Coach Barry a lot of credit. I know they're trying to figure things out, you know, moving forward. They know how important this is to to both fan bases. But, you know, sometimes, you know, schedules, uh, you know, just get uh, a filled up pretty quick. And then we still are in the kind of in the, in in the COVID, we still have to literally go to Cornell next year. Like literally that still has to happen. So, so we're, we're trying to catch up to some degree, but I think we know how important it is uh, for us to play Minnesota. Yeah. I love the the fact these two programs are so heavily in demand. And then Bob Motzko has been on record as saying like every team in Minnesota wants to play us and we don't have that many non-conference states. And we got to play some, we have to play some people outside the state and we, we just can't play everybody. And I know North Dakota is in that same boat. Everybody wants to come to the Ralph. Everybody wants to play UND. Not on the schedule next year. It won't be North Dakota, Minnesota for the 2024-25 season. But it also it certainly sounds like every indication would be that this will begin again the following season for an additional four years. That seems to be the preliminary conversation. So exciting to think that this rivalry won't go away for too long. And who knows? We might see it again before the year is over, perhaps at a regional or in St. Paul in the Frozen Four. Yeah, and the, and the other thing, Alex, and it, we have to just be cognizant of, of course, we're adding Arizona State. So how that's going mm-hmm. to affect our our potential, uh, not the number of games per se. It's, I think we're still going to have 24 games in the NCHC, but it, it just might, with that, obviously with odd number of teams, sometimes there's an extra week where you have to, like, make sure that you're open for the NCHC to be able to schedule on that. So those are some of the dynamics that we're working through. Yeah, just a few moving parts beginning next season with the Sun Devils joining. But things to certainly watch. More news on that to come in the weeks ahead. Another big weekend series coming up for North Dakota. They'll host Minnesota State. Games six and seven of this long seven-game homestand to start the season. And then a big road trip out east to take on Boston University, uh, who's still in the top ten. They were the preseason number one in the country. It's kind of a younger Terriers team, even though they have a lot of of impact guys back from their Frozen Four team a year ago. They have now dropped down to number nine, but that doesn't take the shine off what's going to be a tremendous weekend at Aganis Arena. So a couple of big series coming up and then NCHC play the following week against Minnesota Duluth. Exciting stuff on the college hockey scene. Yeah. And Duluth has started off really, really well. And so, uh, and you know, Minnesota State, the one thing about them is they're used to winning. I mean, that mm-hmm. that program has won a lot of games over the last five years, for sure, and probably longer. But at the end of the day, um, so whomever is back, you know, they just anticipate that they win games. And so uh, we'll have our hands full this weekend. Uh, yeah. And then going to Boston, that'd be great. I mean, just uh, be able to play BU uh, at their place and then they're going to return the favor here next year. So that'll be fun to have them uh, at the Ralph. 
those rivalries, those non-regional rivalries sometimes are, are even more fun because they don't come around all that often, but there is still so much history between those two programs. And we're going to get to relive some of that. Uh, around the rest of the crew, again, football coming up, another home weekend this weekend hosting Indiana State. It's been it's been a wild two weeks for that group. Huge victory over North Dakota State and then a real tough one last week against UNI. Yeah, you know, I, I think you always start by giving credit to the opposition. And I thought UNI played a really good game. I, You know, um, it was just one of those uh, situations where we needed a play um, to get us going. And unfortunately they ended up making the play. I mean, we, as simple as it sounds, we get the three and out to start the game uh, and, and and they punt to us. And unfortunately we turn the ball over kind of deep in their territory. And, you know, I hate to say, you know, what could have been, so to speak, if maybe you punch it in at that point, and then maybe the game is a, a little bit different, but g- give you and I credit their front line, uh, their defensive line, I, I thought was outstanding. They played very, very well. And uh, they kind of had us scrambling all day and uh, you know, it, it was it's a historically very good program that I think felt as if uh, their kind of backs were against the wall at home and they knew they had to put on a, a performance and they did. And uh, I think, uh, you know, looking at the guys, uh, you know, coming coming on the plane that night, uh, you know, they were disappointed. I think they were just disappointed in uh, not being able to stack one on top of the other. And so, uh, you know, part of the journey of the season, Alex, I mean, I, so now we, we have a uh, Sycamore team that's coming in here to the Alaris center and we got to get back on the horse and go. And uh, you know, and it, it, quite frankly, if you want to be a, a really good playoff team, you got to play good ball in November. And so at the end of the day, this might as well be November on Saturday. And so it's, it's time to go. We got a four game season left and uh, I think our guys are, I, I think they're, they're mentally ready to go. Yeah. It's a big stretch. Like you said, four games left in the regular campaign, two at home, two on the road, some teams on the schedule that are playing really well right now. But again, it starts with the Sycamores one o'clock at the Alaris center, huge game for Bubba and the guys. And again, still right now, four and three overall, two and two in conference. From an outside perspective, most people would look at their schedule and probably say, yeah, that's about right. That's probably where we thought North Dakota would be. So All still to play for, very much in the postseason hunts. If you can take care of business over these next couple of weeks, you're going to be right back in the FCS postseason, but starts on Saturday against Indiana State. Yeah, and, you know, and I think, you know, the way football rolls is, you know, of course you get one a week and it's really awesome. It's a, it's a, it's an awesome high when you win. It's a tough, it's a tough low when you lose and you kind of want to get back as quick as possible. The one thing we cannot do this weekend is win four games this Saturday. What we can do, though, is play really, really well, have a great week of preparation, as Bubba likes to always say, and then in, in play as well as we can play at home on Saturday. That's what we can do. And so, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I think the guys are looking forward to it. Um, it's Military Appreciation Day, and uh, that'll be outstanding. And uh, so hopefully we can pack the Alaris and, uh, and get real loud. Day by day, right? Got to take it one step at a time. That's the mantra of this program. And so that begins again Saturday at 1 o'clock. Football towards the tail end of their regular season. Women's soccer finished their regular season this last week in dramatic fashion. But we were out at Bronson Fields. Uh, This is a, a group that 
went unbeaten over their last four. They made a great push to try and earn a top six spot. In the end, they're going to come up one spot short, just needed one more result to make the postseason. But to go 3-3 against the number one team in the conference, who's now won six straight regular season championships in Denver, what a dramatic game that afternoon on Sunday, Bill. What did you make of soccer and their finish to the season? Yeah, you know, soccer, because there's not the double round robin, um, you know, you really can get hurt with ties. And at the end of the day, you know, unfortunately, you know, half our matches ended in a tie this year. And, uh, you know, and there's a difference, obviously, between getting threes and ones. And, uh, you know, we started off a little slow this this uh, in the conference season had had a tough time, you know, scoring some goals early on. But uh, I thought we kind of figured that out a little bit toward the end. We had a couple matches where we had three in each match, one being Denver on on, on Sunday. Obviously, uh um, the hat trick by Leffler was, uh, you know, was outstanding. But at the end of the day, um, w- what you find is s- certainly in every sport, no different than we talk about with non-conference and hockey, right? With the pairwise or or football, the, you know, those those non-conference games come back, even though it's early in the year and you're trying to figure your team out. Those games are so important. Obviously, in soccer, in the Summit League, it's incredibly important. Game one, game eight, doesn't matter. I mean, you got to try to get threes. And unfortunately, we didn't put enough threes on the board. They only lost three matches in conference play. But yeah, when you you tie four, you win one. It's just not enough points in the end to keep your season going. But it was really impressive, I thought, the way that that team fought back. Even on the the Oral Roberts match where they were down and then scored three in a row and earned a big win over a team that is going on to the postseason. And then Denver again. They'd give up an early one, fight back and get two right back and take the lead, then concede two in a row. And it would have been really easy to throw in the towel at that point. And they just kept at it and kept fighting for it. And to score in the 90th minute off a corner kick. And again, just desire for Amy Leffler to get up and head in Allison Rapiduski's cross like that. And you can see they weren't content to. They were trying to get the ball out of the net. That's right. Because they knew going in, we need to win if we want to have a chance to make the postseason. Up until the final kick of the ball, they were fighting to keep their season going. Well, you know, it's interesting if you really look at it, look at the season. And and that's why um, sometimes it's it's just, you know, uh, it, it's it's a it's a play here and a play there. I mean, you take the top team and tie them three, three, and then you take the team that finished last, but however that goes and you tie zero, zero. And so yeah. it, in, in really, we did everything in between as well. And so the differential <laughs> is not much, it, no matter who you're playing. And, and, and so, um, yeah, I think, you know, coach Logan needs to, you know, probably do a little, uh, you know, introspection as far as just kind of like how, how, how can we make a little bit of a um, difference, you know, as we're kind of going forward, because at the end of the day, you know, just ties somewhat kill you. They really, really do. They, they it, it's okay here and there, but, but certainly not half the matches. That's probably not a, a good recipe for you at this stage of the game. Yeah, so a tough way to end in terms of not making the postseason for a second consecutive season. But this team only had three seniors, and they'll be back next That's year. Right. And they've got some talented freshmen coming in. And Chris now is in his seventh season and is just wrapping that up. And I think he's done done a pretty good job to continue this team moving forward. So we'll see what, what next year brings. Congrats again to the ladies on just a really hard-fought conclusion to the season. So best of luck to them now moving forward as they drift into what the offseason looks like for that program. Uh, volleyball very much in the middle of their season as well. You mentioned that round robin. They are now on stage two. Uh, they've played everybody except the Jackrabbits at least once now. They find themselves kind of in that 
lower third at the moment at three and seven in conference play. But you talk about fine margins. How many five set matches have they gone to the wire in against the best teams in the league and just come up this close? Yep. They've just come up short a little bit. And we saw that last week with a crazy match against Denver, 38-36. Bill, it's for crazy. goodness sakes, just some crazy volleyball. But the team's still playing with fire and passion and, and having a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, I, I agree, Alex. I, you know, it's almost like if you could tie in volleyball, we would have had some ties. I mean, it's mm-hmm. really, it's, it's, it's that close. And, you know, I just think... Sometimes uh, it goes your way. Sometimes it doesn't. And unfortunately, you know, we've we've been on the short end of some five setters that have been uh, really difficult. But uh, it, it's everything's in front of us, although we play the Jackrabbits on Thursday at, at home at the Betty. So come on out. We'd love to have you. Uh, you know, we haven't played them yet, and we're in a battle with them, I'll be honest with you. I mean, that's a huge, huge match. And then then the team uh, has to turn around and, uh, and drive down to uh, play St. Thomas uh, at noon on Saturday. And so uh, big week for the volleyball uh, team, no doubt about it. But again, starts on Thursday. I mean, uh, again, can't beat, can't go 2-0 and unless you go 1-0. and <laughs> that's right yeah big match against the jacks and that game will be live on midco sports uh, or streaming on the summit league network on midco sports plus but get out to the betty because then the team does go on that three match road swing they'll play at st thomas and then the following week it's at south dakota and at south dakota state before they'll come back yep. home on the 11th of november for a couple more home matches to close out the regular season but yeah second half of the year underway for a really fun volleyball team to watch i know that they've been on the wrong end of some of these five set matches but it's still been a joy to get to broadcast these games and see the fan support and see how much they're attacking each set and each point. It's a really fun team to cheer for. So get out and support that group as they kick off the second half of their conference season now tonight. It, you know, I mean, I, I obviously I'm going to say something incredibly obvious here, but what a fast sport, huh? I Ugh. mean, it's just... Uh, I'll tell you what, it, it, and of course, if you've grown up playing it, you're just used to the pace and all that stuff, but it's amazing, uh, incredible, uh, you know, athletic abilities by, by those, by those ladies. One last word on volleyball, the Oral Roberts match on Saturday, which they swept three, nothing mm-hmm. nice win to bounce back after that five set loss to Denver. The program celebrated their 50th anniversary and brought back alumni from around the eras. What a great scene uh, at the Betty on Saturday afternoon. Bill. Yeah. You know, uh, Kudos to uh, certainly Jesse and his staff, uh, our staff, the Alumni Foundation, and uh, one of our you know great alums, uh, Jill Chaliwa. She uh, kind of spearheaded that particular uh, event, and uh, both her and Steve have been such great supporters of of the uh, of the program of uh, the department of UND. And uh, we announced actually on Sunday that we're going to name the volleyball offices after Jill and Steve, and given their, you know, longtime support of the program and I'll, con- I'll say future support of the program as well. And so uh, um, excited about that. We're in the midst of a capital campaign at UND called Forever UND. And, uh, and Steve and Jill have made a significant uh, pledge to that particular uh, campaign as well. That's going to benefit uh, the program for a long, long time. So, uh, so anyways, uh, excited. And we had a brunch on uh on Sunday, so I uh, uh, had a lot of the the, the former uh, players back, and, and and a lot of other folks. Uh, Kathy McCann, who used to be an administrator here back in the uh, back in the seventies, uh, and so uh, it was just awesome. It was uh, our team was there, and so you know, back to like what we do with Hall of Fame events. You know, our, our job 
as much as anything is to make sure that we connect people, connect eras. Mm. And that's incredibly important. And so, uh, so that's what, you know, this past weekend was. And for our team to see that, I think um, it, it's always nice to see where you came from, right? Back to history yeah. again. This is the history pod. <laughs> and it's like, it's nice to know where you came from. Because at the end of the day, someone laid, they, they, they laid the tracks for you to kind of do what you're doing right now. Very cool. And you can see what it meant to the young ladies and then how they responded uh, with a really impressive performance, even though they were down a couple of their key players with injury. Didn't matter. Just great effort there to get uh, get the victory in three against Oral Roberts. So best of luck to them. South Dakota State coming up on Thursday and then a road trip coming up on the weekend at St. Thomas. Cross country. It's their championship season, Bill. We were just I talking know. to Mindy Kay about it. They get a shot to win a championship this weekend in Brookings. What more do you want? It looks like it's going to be maybe an interesting weather weekend in Brookings, maybe a little snow and, and temperatures not great. So it could be some tough conditions out there. Have you talked to Tom in advance of what's coming up this weekend? What are Tom Scott's thoughts about the championships on the way? I have not talked to Tom. I talked to Jim Varenkamp. And, uh, and so I, you know, I think, I think they're, you know, cautiously optimistic. I mean, I, I think like anything else, and I, I, I lean on you for the track expertise to some degree, but I would say that, you know, you get there hopefully feeling as good as you can feel physically. And I think we're there. That's good. Um, then it's about the race, right? It's about, um, you know, I, 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 I this every race is its own. Right. And so it'll be interesting to see how it plays itself out. And the one thing that we know about cross country is um, it feels like it's a long game of poker from the time it, it's, it's it, like, you just don't know you know, what someone's got underneath, you know, their, their deal. Is it a pair of tens? I mean, you know, is it, is it a two and a six? I have no idea. So long story <laughs> short, I mean, truly it's, it's, it's really fascinating how it goes. So I, obviously everyone tries to peak for this weekend, but I do think we go on both genders, um, knock on wood, um, as healthy as we can be. And that's really all you can ask for. Yeah, that's that's huge coming into a, a race like this. And they, they have not competed for a couple of weeks, I think, with that intention to heal up and to be ready to go and to have the focus solely on Brookings this Saturday. So you, you wish them the best of luck. Both the men and the women will have a great chance to finish if they run the way they can, finish top three, maybe move up on the podium a little bit, potentially. Some really good individuals from both of those teams and better depth, I think, this season than they've had maybe in the I past. Think so. But like you said, it all depends on it depends on the day. How's everybody feeling? How's the competition feeling? What are the conditions like, et cetera? So stay tuned. It's going to be a, a, a big day, certainly. And, and you hope, again, that the uh, young men and women that are going to compete can do their best and feel good about their efforts when the day's over, regardless of where they finish. No doubt about it. So best of luck to those both those teams. Yeah. And then last thing from a UND perspective, hoop starts a week from today, Bill, the, f the first, the men have an exhibition against Northland. The women start a couple of days after at Wyoming. The men go to Iowa then the following week. Again, November begins next week. And that means basketball season. Wild that that is really upon us already. Yeah, here we go. Um, I know they're excited about it for sure. And I, I think, um, you know, Brad said it at one point in time, I, I there's, there's just a point in time where you just start wanting to play games at this point in time. And I think both both programs are at that point at this stage of the game. But you're right. Next week, November, flip the calendar. It's hoop season. It's everything season at that point. It's everything. <laughs> it's everything. Isn't it crazy? I just there's something fun. Something fun about the fall, right? It never fails to live up 
But yeah, best of luck to, to Paul and to Mal and, and those groups as they get set to really launch into what should be an exciting season for both the men and the women, two really talented teams that those two coaches have put together. So if you want a little more info about what those teams are all about, again, you can watch the Summit League Media Day coverage that we had from two weeks ago. That's on Midco Sports Plus and on the Summit League Network. You can certainly check out all of the UND men's and women's basketball social media pages because they've been doing some fun mic'd up stuff with both the teams and, and coaches um, there was the Fan Fest, of course, that was just last week, some three-point shooting contests, dunk contests, etc. A lot of great stuff online. If you want to get to know these teams a little bit before opening tip, the information is certainly out there. Yeah, kudos to our content team for sure. I mean, uh, they do a great job trying to humanize, right, our our um, our, our our players, our, our students, and uh, they do a great job with it. Well, we've got about five minutes left to do a quick B-side flip. I think we probably should start with the league leaders in the English Premier League, uh, Tottenham Hotspur, who won again Monday Night Football, 2-0 to Fulham. And I love the fact that your manager even said after the fact, that was our sloppiest match of the year, like not content with the 2-0 win. This is where you're at right now. Top of the table, but not content, Bill. Can we freeze the season at this point? Is it, is it possible to freeze it? Just freeze it. That's it. We're done. International break forever. That's it. That's it. So, yeah, I mean, uh, and then interestingly, they played the last match of this weekend and play the first match of this upcoming week. So have to go to Crystal Palace. And that's always tricky. Palace is is always that mid-table team that – you know, you, you you just don't know what you're going to get from them. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens. But yeah, I thought they played okay. I mean, it was yeah. I I think he's right. I think um, he just didn't like um, us taking the foot off the gas a little bit. I think he wanted to keep keep it going a little bit. And so uh, yeah, he's been great. He's been great. And uh, they certainly are playing differently. I mean, it's just not this absorb, absorb, absorb. I mean, it's just like trying to play front foot, trying to trying to get pressure on. And it's been awesome. You know who's been sneaky good, Alex, though, is is their goalie, Vicario. Mm. Vicario's been good. Like, I, you know, I just know what to make of him when he came. But, you know, when you have a goalie that's uh, an international World Cup winner and it been on your team for uh, a decade plus and was your captain, um, that's that's an area where I, I'm just telling you, I, I, I he, we've gotten younger, athletic, um, and he's he's made some real timely saves when uh, occasionally the way we play, we are going to give up some things at some stage of the game, but he's been really good. Yeah, he was a relative unknown, at least to a lot of people, I think, around England when he came to the club. And he's been fantastic. And he's helped the Spurs take 23 of a possible 27 points. You're the last unbeaten left in the league. And, by the way, that's the best start ever for a new Premier League manager in the 30-year Premier yeah. League era. Like, it's just crazy numbers. And the fact that you are on top of Manchester City and Liverpool and Arsenal and some of these teams with that are no playing game, well. With no matches in hand. It, no, it's not like you've played an extra match or two. I, it's it's really impressive what they've done. People thought mid-table for Spurs this year. You sold Kane, rebuilding year, new manager, and they've exceeded expectations. Fantastic. you got to be in dreamland. Well, what's happened is, too, it's amazing how th- it's worked out for both Kane, really, and Spurs. Yeah. And, and, and so that was one of those things that – it would have been hard to have that hanging over your head all year. And that was the thing. Like to me, it was one or the other. You really either had to sell them or resign them. 
one or the other, it, that that last year thing would have been hard. And, and Kane is an ultra professional. He would have put up 30 goals. I, I don't doubt that, but it would have taken all the oxygen out of the room. Yeah, it would have been every press conference, every time he's on the field, it would have just been, it would have been a constant and it would have gotten old really, really fast and probably would have been, yeah, like a festering sore on the back of this first season. And now he's having fun and scoring goals in Germany and you guys are top of the table. Win-win, Bill. Well, the tricky tricky thing that's been interesting too is to watch um, how he, uh, Ange, uh, uh, Postacoglu, has kind of altered the the leadership group mm. and in 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 real time and so Kane was obviously a part of that but he's gone and Larice is still around but he's really just you know not the captain anymore and so but you know there's two two guys that are still on the in the program as or the team and they're 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 not part of that leadership group anymore Hoiberg and Dyer and so but to be able to then have son, uh, you know, step up and, and Madison and, and uh, Romero. I mean, it, it just has been interesting to, to watch it from afar on how he operates uh, his, you know, his, his teams, his clubs. And, you know, he's a guy that had a lot of experience for sure. And so he's come in, he had a very clear vision on how he wanted to run the team and it, it it's worked out. Yeah. Yes, it has. Yes. Continued success to the boys at White Hart Lane. May it, may it continue. We'll, we'll but see. But not like too much. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. A couple big matches coming up. Yeah, Crystal Palace on Friday. Friday Night Lights. When you're only playing basically one a week. So, I mean, you, mm-hmm. it's a different deal. It just is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't want to do that every year because you're going to get behind financially. But for one year, you could probably do it. Take advantage of it. And, and you have so far, certainly. Uh, flipping gears. It is uh, last last big topic. It's Tuesday the 24th. NBA opening night. Oh, People are saying Boston Celtics favorites to win an NBA championship this year. Your thoughts? Such a long season. What we find out, if we've learned anything in the NBA, how healthy are you? They're going to win enough games and, you know, they'll, they'll cruise through the regular season. Um, It's going to come back down to, I think Giannis got hurt last year in the playoffs and a few others got hurt. It's just, you know, I mean, they've got some, some guys that have been susceptible to injury, certainly Porzingis being one. And so at the end of the day, uh, you know, I can Horford do it at 37. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Found the youth, man. That guy, that guy was great last year. I know that's been the talk. Is that, is that sustainable? But we'll find out. I, did you like the Drew Holiday trade? Yeah. Yeah. I think you had to do it. I think, I think they're going all in, right? At the end of the day, you've got, you got Tatum and Brown at just uh, uh, an age where, you know, knock on wood, they should be in pretty good shape. Now, again, he got hurt right in game seven last year. And so, and was a shell of himself in that particular game. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's NBA playoff basketball is so different than the regular season. It's just a grind. And so they're just going to have to pace themselves this year. I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm less concerned about the regular season. I mean, I, they, they're going to probably win 50 games, whatever, but at the end of the day, might win more, who knows, but I, I don't think that's what it's about for them this year. Yeah. They should be fun to watch. It is a fun team that they've put together, but as you said, as long as they stay healthy, as long as they stay healthy. No doubt. Well, you saw what the Bruins did last year, right? I mean, at the end of the day, they 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 had what? The most points I think ever. And, and, ever. and, and ever, 
ever. And it didn't work out so well for them in the first round. And, and at the end of the day, you know, it's just, it, it's hard. It's, those are eternity seasons. We talk about EPL being long. Those seasons are crazy too. Yeah, 82 games. It just boggles the mind sometimes that you're playing 82 games. The, you mentioned the Bruins. They just got done playing three games in four nights in four different cities. And it just like when you really think it, you kind of forget when you just turn the TV on. You don't really know. Oh, yeah. they. they and now, again, I know they're, every, every luxury is provided. They're flying in charter jets and like all those things. But you're still traveling across the country and then expected to go out. And perform as if you didn't play the last two nights and like back-to-backs and it's a physical game and all that stuff. It is amazing what these men and women do in professional sports, especially 100%. in these high game sports. It really does. hundred percent. And, and that's where, uh, you know, even I think uh, Champions League is playing here on Tuesday, Wednesday this week. And, I, you know, the, the, the amount of mileage on the odometer uh, on a lot of these athletes, it's, it's incredible. It really, mm-hmm. really is. And, you know, you think about it. I know they're on charter planes, but still, you know, even when you have a day of travel, think about that. It, it's just it can be taxing for some folks. Right. And then they actually have to go play, you know, an incredibly physical sport as well. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, well I'm glad that. Our, our athletes, for the most part, do not have back-to-backs with travel in between and all those things. Thankfully, that's not the way it works in college athletics. No. So. Last, la- last, thing on the, last thing on the B side before we have the heart out is uh, no idea how the Steelers are 4-2. None. Zero. None. Uh, every statistical uh, analysis is against them, <laughs> except for the wins and losses. Except for the wins and losses. You have a negative 24-point differential. Oh, Yep. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and yet that doesn't matter because you're four and two and you beat the you beat the Ravens. You've had some good wins. Will this continue? Maybe that's the question. I think we've gone 38 straight games without over uh, 400 plus yards of offense. And we're we're at 38 and the next one's like at six or five. I mean, it, it every statistical category is is befuddling. It's just amazing, really. I, 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 I don't get it. The one thing you can say, though, is Mike Tomlin teams win. They win. I would say that's the, that's the big thing. That's the X factor. You have a coach that knows how to win these games. He's winning them ugly, but it doesn't matter. He's, he's winning these games. The, the, last thing, the last stat that I think I heard, and I don't know which, what it is, but they've been in the most one-score games in the last X amount of years, two, three years, and their record is phenomenal. So they, they get into games, and I again, it's back to what we talked about Mankato at the beginning of the pod. They expect to win. They know how to win. They yeah. know how to win. Um, it's amazing. You would think that that would regress to the mean, but not when Mike Tomlin's your head coach. That guy just wins. So there are a lot of coaches on your staff, Bill, who also just win, and many of them are going to be involved in big competitions this week. Best of luck to everybody across the UND athletics spectrum as we move into championship season. Bill, always a pleasure. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate it. Yeah, we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we'll do another pod. We'll record, I think, on November 7th. That sounds excellent. Awesome. Well, for Bill Shaves, for Mindy K. Larson, our special guests today, for Paul Ralston and Alex Stocker Johnson behind the scenes, I'm Alex Heinert. This has been another edition of the Bill Shaves Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon.